0: You want to do the intro? So Is there the
1: intro. an intro? Yeah, like,
0: welcome back to the Since I Was Broke podcast.
1: Oh, welcome back, guys, to welcome. the since, since I Was Broke podcast.
0: We've accumulated just sub. I tell you what, this followers. last
1: week was pretty uh, just expensive. So I was like, since I was broke, <laughs> we're going back to broke. Back to broke. The economy's down, dude. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Some, some learning lessons.
1: No, it's just, you know, like now's a good opportunity to be, I mean, you see, I mean, I'm sure some people, if you're like, if you follow business people on the gram or Facebook or whatever, um, or certain real estate folks, and then there's a lot of the, the fake people jockeying the same tune, but, um, now's the time, you know, it's like a lot of people are not investing or pulling out or, you know, put some money in real estate or, Bought some cars, whatever they're doing. You know, it's just like a, the buyer pool is, you know, there's less people because people are scared and they're losing their jobs. They don't, you know, they don't know what the future holds for the next 12 months. But for the uh, savvy folks that um, own a business or invest and have capital, this is the time to buy up because the opportunities are there. The less people fighting over real estate or deals or um, willing to spend. And so the opportunities there and you may have a business or <clears throat> a person that has a house or whatever it is that, uh, might let something go for cheap. So now's the time to buy it. Cause in five years, you know, you'll be looking back. It's like the same people that are like, man, I wish three years ago I bought instead of one house, I bought five cause I made, you know, 300 grand. And if I would have done that, I would you know, I would have the multiple. So, um, it's an interesting time, but it's, it's also, I mean, it's just expensive because it fucking takes, it costs money. It takes money to make money. And that's like, for real, it's just like you really got to put your money where your mouth is. So um, it's costly, but uh, I think it's worth it if you believe in what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, like you said before, having foresight to know, you know, what will happen in the future and making decisions now based on that. But I think it leads me to a question that I think a lot of people have. Um, that maybe aren't in the same financial position as you, but maybe aspire to be is that, you know, this time of year, you hear a lot of business oriented people talking about taxes, talking about things related to saving money or using money properly. Like you've talked about, you know, what are some of the lessons that you've learned when it comes to, you know, this time of year for people that are, you know, in a, in a state of abundance, perhaps.
1: Um, I guess it just depends on, what you believe in like i believe in the people so like when i'm investing money right now it's like i could either hoard a bunch of money and then pay a massive tax bill or i could strategize and put money where i i think you know i have control of where it's going how it's being deployed what it's going towards what we're investing in um you know there's like the easy stuff you buy a couple of like heavy cars and and some of that's kind of changing right now. That's just like, you know, depending on who's in office. Um, but there's, you know, strategic things you could do to lower your tax bill. Um, I just look at it, it's like when we cut bonuses to people, like nothing worse than cutting somebody a, a bonus. Let's say you bonus somebody a 100 grand, like they're getting 50. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sliced in half. And the other 50 goes to the government. And it's like, you know, you don't have a lot of control over that. And it doesn't matter who's in office, period. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just like, when i look at some of that stuff i'm like I, who can i empower what situations can i empower that i feel like we i have more influence over where i feel confident like where the the where the money's being deployed mm-hmm. you know um that's how i look at it and some of that is you know trying to mitigate your tax bill a little bit in you know in the legal way and getting with your tax folks and strategizing and some of that's just throughout the year but right now when i look at stuff it's like where can we invest some money where it may be tax advantageous, but also, you know, kind of look at have some foresight as what what can it bring us back to? Like you know, if I'm spending a hundred thousand there, it's like the hundred thousand is going towards something versus if I cut a check just for a hundred thousand for a bonus for conversation's sake, it's like half of that's going to the person and the other half's just, you know, gone with the wind.
0: Yeah. Well, and you had talked about it before. It's like that money's kind of already been taxed. Before when it came into the business, then it's getting taxed. So maybe I think
1: like, people don't get that. Yeah. Like they talk about taxes, like it's like, there's like, oh, let's just tax the rich. And it sounds like such an easy concept. Like, oh, I'm just going to tax you. And that sounds like money's being taxed all the fucking time. And it's kind of crazy when you really think about it. Like, if I, as a business, make money, so let's say we make a million bucks, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I then am liable for the taxes, you know, for that money. And then I write you, a, I pay you, you know, let's just give you a salary, $100,000. I'm paying payroll tax on top of that. And there's some other taxes for, you know, government stuff. And then you get that money, right? And then you go and pay rent. And somebody owns that house or that building. And the profit from the rent, you know, they get, like, they get taxed on. You go buy food. You're paying tax on the food. You're buying gas. You're paying tax on the gas. Everything's being taxed. So it's like I pay you hundred grand. You pay taxes on it. You get it, and then you go and pay. You know, if you took that money, what's left out of the hundred? It's fifty. Let's say now you go spend the fifty somewhere else. That person gets it. Then they get taxed. So it's like it's constantly being taxed. Again, chopped down every single time it moves from one entity to another. it Gets chopped down, mm-hmm. and whether that's you're spending it all or not, it's like it's always being taxed it's just this it's kind of crazy like it's if it's been taxed like why does it get taxed again and again and again and again so it's like yeah man when you have like this money you got to be kind of smart because it's like it's going to be taxed one way or another and it's like you want to be able to utilize or maximize it while you have it while you have control of it so like how can i maximize the money um because it's going to get taxed inevitably. Like This idea of like, oh, like the rich don't pay tax. It's been taxed 10 times over before the rich guy got it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think sometimes on the outside looking in, people will say, oh, wow, this person is really um, maybe overconsuming is how they would perceive it from a lack of understanding. Saying like, oh, why does this person have so many cars or so many assets or so many this, that is that, you know, I think to some people they look at it and they can't quite comprehend why. That might be the case whereas you know for well, my think, getting to know you there's a lot of a lot of strategy and understanding beneath that that justifies those things in a way that if someone understood it it probably would be a lot more uh clear to them why those decisions are made
1: i mean that's like people like oh you know like the rich they have all this money it's like dude it takes a lot of work and effort man i got like employees and i got pay benefits and like i have to make sure that like you know, I always look at it, it's like, we're running a business, like, let's say the economy is real shit for the next five years, like, I gotta have an, I don't wanna fire people, like, I gotta make sure that we have money in the bank to, like, keep people employed and give them benefits, and, like, they, I have to worry about, like, them paying for, like, just their, you know, their day-to-day, and, like, um, but, yeah, like, people look at the, the rich with the abundance, but it's, like, dude, how much, how much are they also generating in general, like, elon musk is a billionaire but like how much hundreds of millions of dollars that's getting taxed when he spends it you know it's like if they're you know they build a gigafactory then he's paying people to build that and they're hiring these companies and they're paying money on the uh, tax on the money that he's getting. like i mean it's like the money's out there man like it's the government collects so much already it's almost like we should be taxing the government like they're the rich people they have it and it's just like when and unlike a business, like when a business gets in the tight spot or a pinch, like we got to strategize, like, do we need to cut back? Do we need to do these things? Like, how do I retain my?" And you know, the government does like, oh, you know, it's just like raise, you know, let's just like create some new policies so that we can uh, accrue more so that we can do what we want to do. Like, that's the real rich. Like, they're out there. They do it. And they just like they can sign whatever they want almost into existence to then just generate more capital. I can't just like bring, I can't just like make a deal appear out of thin air. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't just like make a vendor pay me, you know, but it almost seems like, I mean, when you crazy, when you pay taxes and you owe money on taxes, how fast the government is to say, and I paid tax last year. We were like a a day late on something, paid the full amount. It was like an hour too late, got in the mail late. And uh, I ended up paying like 70 grand. back like a just a delay of like a day and it took them 30 days to notify me and just like accrued all this extra i'm like and it was like dude if you don't do this we can just like you know potentially take you to court and like just take it you know out of the account that it's associated with and i'm like man that's nuts but god forbid if i overpay Mm -hmm. and the government owes me it is like pulling teeth to get it back Mm -hmm. you know it's just kind of crazy how it works like you have to pay right away in the full amount. If you pay over time, you pay all this nu- nuts interest. But like, if they pay you back, there's, there's no interest while you're waiting 60 days to get your money back or whatever it is. And like, then you're fighting them over it. Then they audit you. you, you got to like pay to audit back. And if you're paying for the audit I mean, it's crazy, it's nuts. It's just such an ass backwards way of looking. I'm like paying them. It's like, you should be able to do it on point on time in the full amount. No questions asked. But if it's the other way, it's like, well, hold up. Let's review this, and let's spend 90 days, and you're going to have to spend a bunch of money to review all this with us, and then maybe we might agree that we owe you some back, and then it's going to take a a while for us to cut that check back. Because all they care about, it's the same thing as it is. Like, cash flow is king. To them, it's just the government, it's cash flow. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and it's complicated, too. It's not like... it's something that I feel like you need to learn over time through going through the process of dealing with taxes. I mean, like chances are if you're new to really like dialing those in, or you just made money in your business for the first time, like you're probably going to have your ass handed to you the first time around or first few times around. I mean, there's a, it's, it's a, there's a learning curve and you actually really need to hire a professional, which is then, you know, more that you need to spend in order to do it properly. And you know, try to maximize your, your savings. I mean, as much my, as my
1: biggest expense at the end of the year is taxes. Mm. Any way you slice it, like it's in b- businesses that are functioning at a high level. It's like, you know, we're, we get, we get hit the hardest until you're like massive, massive, massively huge. And then you're getting all these like existential benefits of like, you know, the government subsidizing, you know, actions and things that you could be doing that like helps defer your tax bill. But you know, there are things you can do in like real estate and other things to help and defer taxes, but it's like I don't know i just I don't understand when like small minded thinkers like hate on people who are making money. It's like you're a small minded guy, and you're all you're doing is complaining and you're not generating anything outside of you, but me making however much money we're making, it's like I have employees, I'm paying the bank, like we're creating up all these uh like retirement funds and all the time like I am like The money is, I am like creating opportunity for more than just myself to like create for others. And it's like, all you're doing is just like hoping like, oh, the government should give us money. And it's like, you're not creating anything for more than yourself. It's just for you and your wants and your needs. And it's like, dude, I'm working and busting my ass here and sweating and creating this and taking the risk of this building and and putting money out there into the ether, hoping that like we're creating opportunity that we're creating more opportunity for more employment, more revenue, hiring more people, building this out. I'm employing people to build this out. Like it's just crazy that like how much that like goes, like what we're doing. And then like the average, you know, small mind thing is just like, Oh, it's not fair. Like you just want, they just want self abundance Mm -hmm. and they don't think about like the amount of risk and opportunity that somebody like me or a business owner creates by like trying to build something like this and employing people and like how far the money trickles down to create other opportunities for other people it's like i hired the floor guy and then he hired five people to do this floor and then they they went to a a shop down the street to uh rent the equipment which then provided business to that person and then maybe that they needed to get new, you know, the f- grinders that they need to go to the person that does that. So that, like that business is them buying the grinders. That's like aqu- required to like grind this, like that just trickles down so far. And it's like, that's the most unselfish thing ever by doing that just because I wanted to polish these floors, but fuck, I'm selfish because like, I, I'm like got this building somehow, you know, it's yeah. like, no, it's the, like, it's the opposite.
0: why do you think that is and why do you think some people are because people are selfish
1: because people are selfish because they are they cannot think big enough to get out of their own way to then like create financial freedom or whatever you want to call it put themselves in a position and i get it some people it's like depending on where you are in the world and like parts of a state or a city where it's like you may have a much more of an uphill battle but like, I know a lot of people that don't make a lot of money and they just like grind and they don't fucking complain. There's just like the people that want it easy and free. It's the guy that wants to win the lotto. Like yeah. the guy that wants to win the lotto, like they're the ones that always do it and they go broke. It's not the fuck they're doing. They're not going out there and like reinvesting it and creating all these opportunities where like the money comes back and you're just like, you're creating this bigger wheel and it keeps growing and growing. And the money keeps coming back to you and you're just like investing it out, investing it out, creating opportunity. They just get it and then they just buy all the shit. And it's just like money out, 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 out for themselves. And then they end up going broke anyways. Like, I wasn't happy. It's like, cause you're not doing anything. You're not fulfilling anything. You're just like buying shit on a whim because like you just see some cool shit and that's all you wanted, you know, like.
0: Well, it's like that dopamine hit, right? So it's like, let's say maybe you get that hit, right? That you get that dopamine from creating and knowing that you're, you know, moving in your purpose and creating opportunity and some of the stuff you've talked about. And I think that, for a lot of people that maybe haven't found that, their dopamine hit comes from drinking, it comes from spending money, it comes from, you know, the gratification of like acquiring something that they didn't previously have. And I think that, you know, a lot of times that's replacing hard work or the things. Like I, I think for people that have really created something from the ground up, it's like your mind will never let you forget. What it took to get there, so you you don't take things for granted in the same way as people that were perhaps handed it, and I know we joke about a lot with the trust fund and daddy's money and stuff, but I think that that's why you see even a lot of people that come from money that are like second generation they they don't have um it's almost like a, a bigger conundrum for them because there's no pressure to go and seek something out and to go and create something, but there's also a sense of comfort in what they've had to begin with, and it feels so normal that uh, it creates a lot of, uh, identity crisis. I feel like for, for people that kind of have it handed to them, but know that they haven't necessarily earned it. But I'm curious if you feel like that's like something cultural, like, do you think it has a lot to do with like parenting? Do you think it has to do with just how people are genetically wired? Like, where do you, where do you think it comes from that some people just hit that switch and then some people just, you know, never really get out of that way of thinking?
1: I think it could be both. I mean, I think you have some people that are successful and then they have kids and they're like, I don't want my kid to want for, I don't want them to want for anything, right? Like they just like, life is great, whatever. And they're just like, they're okay with that. Maybe some of that's being like, I don't know if my kid is ever going to have like the same brain as me. Like, I think that I'm like, growing up, I was like, I got into a lot of trouble, did a lot of things. And I'm like, I have a lot of street smarts that work for me now. But I'm like, is my kid going to have the same street smarts? Like, is if he got in the same situation, like, would he be able to think dynamically and as quick as I was to, like, save himself from that situation? Like, I don't know. Like, that's a fear. But some of that's like, do you kind of got to let them, like, figure that out. And then it's like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you have kids who do that and their parents are rich and like, dude, I don't want anything for my parents. I just want to do it myself, figure it out. So I, I don't know. I think it could be both. Like, sometimes it's the parents just, like, being, like, I don't want my kid to do that, and even they could say that, and the kid's, like, I want to do it myself, you know, and then there's also the parents that are, like, I don't want to be the parent that gave them everything, and they're just, like, this shithead, you know, like, fucking trust fund kid, so they're, like, you know, like, I think, like, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis just said the other day, like, oh, we're leaving our kids nothing, because we're, like, we want them to have to grind from the bottom forcibly, you know, so... I don't know. I think it could be either. I don't, sometimes it's just like, I think it's like luck of the draw, you know? So yeah. like, like I, 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 you know, it's like, I think I think about like having kids and I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna just like let them do this or that or try that. But in some ways I'm also like, yeah, like I, you know, I, I don't also want to be the kids, like the parent that's like, you know, micromanaging my kid and like, just like, and also boxing them into like potential opportunity. And like, sometimes man, you got to get fucking hit in the face a couple of and eat shit, and like I did, and it was like I was felt like I disappointed my parents the most sometimes. But I'm like going through that and thinking of that like eventually I flicked a switch. So I don't know. Like I was a shithead for a while, you know. And then one day I was like, I told you I had that that week where I just was like sick of being in the same spot. I feel like I'm not going anywhere, and if I keep doing this, I'm destined to stay right here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want that for myself. And so, like, I left, you know, my hometown and I just kind of was, like, forced myself into these situations where it was, like, I don't have, like, all the means to, like, go and live in New York or California or wherever I was going or, like, to fly back, you know, but I was, like, I just, I, I'm, I'd I'm, i rather fuck up at that than, like, stay here and I'm just going to stay in this pocket. And then, like, yeah. two years goes by and I'm, like, man, I could have gone out and gone to New York or gone to whatever and, like change my perspective, or whatever it was, I mean, I think it was little things, I remember going to California once, and I went there, I came back, I was like, bro, what am I doing, in you know, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, like, I need to get out of here, like, just that one trip was enough for me, like, dude, there's, like, way more money, opportunity, people, there's people looking at, like, what i just want to make 50 grand you know and I'm, people over here over here are like i want to make 50 million i'm like this is a different stratosphere like the ceiling is way higher out here and yeah. i think being in those areas where you the ceiling's higher it's like you're just like floating around those people then it's like you're rubbing shoulders with people with different mindsets so like they say like oh like the circle you hang around it's like that's you know who you hang around with is going to be kind of your outcome. So it's like, dude, you, you kind of got to make sure that you put yourself around the right people. And if you put yourself around the wrong people, then like, again, I could have just been stuck where I was at.
0: Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about it last time, but I I think it's so true. It's like something I wish I had done more when I was even younger was just travel more. Cause I think when you travel like that and you see even different parts of the U S like the difference between being in Chapel Hill or Raleigh, North Carolina to going to New York for a week, just the energy, just the the size and the scale of everything you really kind of have a paradigm shift of like wow life is a lot different just a few hours away or like even going over i remember the first time i went to to uh, lisbon and i went there and i just even seeing how they eat or how and like the work-life balance it was just a real shift in like realizing that there are completely different ways to live life in that, you know, in some ways I had to acknowledge that I had just been indoctrinated from the environment that I grew up in, the yeah. people I was around, the the kids I hung out with and their houses and what their parents did and, you know, doing a lot of that. I feel like a lot of it I'd have to attribute back to just the the schooling system, which is why in today's age, I'm, I'm super excited to see a lot of people that aren't going to college right away because I think about you know, even though I didn't know why I didn't really fit in with college, there's such a big opportunity cost to spending more time learning how to be indoctrinated or learning how to kind of follow a system to get a certain outcome that someone else has decided versus taking that time, which I did, to just explore my interests and to, you know, surround myself and not be tied down by schedules or, you know, things that were going to constrain me and my ability to, to grow as a person
1: yeah I mean it's like like I was never a, like big at school like I didn't you know slept in class and like fucked around and I was like never had this burning desire to like go to school and learn. I'm like I don't give a fuck about this math or this English or you know like whatever it is, but it's like now it's like you know, I'm, like, I nerd out, like, I sit on, like, Zillow or LoopNet or whatever for hours or, like, tax strategy, and I'm, like, for hours and sending it to my accountant and like, it's 2 in the morning. But it's just, like, I have this burning desire to, like, learn about it. Like, I want to know as much as possible in this because, like, I want to succeed in this thing that I'm looking at. And so, like, that was, like, the first time I was, like, yeah, it's, like, you know, if you, I think if you go to school, like, if you're a doctor or a lawyer, obviously, like, you kind of have to go but you have this burning desire to be a doctor or lawyer. So you're like, I need to learn all this stuff because I want to be the most badass lawyer. It's like, when I look at Zillow, I'm like, or just read about real estate or 1031 exchange or whatever. I'm like, I want to be the most badass real estate investor. So like I, I have this burning desire to like learn more and stay later and stay up and read into it and figure out all these nuances. And it's like, that's my school. But I think with any of it, it's like you have to be driven on both sides. Like if you want to be a lawyer and go to the traditional school route, like you have to be driven to want to hit the end result, right? Mm -hmm. And like, if you don't, then you also have to be driven to hit the end result because you're not going to have, you have less bumpers over here and you're going to have to like, you're going to have a little bit more freedom to move. So there's more opportunity for you to like stray off of your path. And so you kind of have to create these bumpers for yourself. And that's kind of like what I did when I just was like, dude, Who am I hanging out with? What are my goals? It was like I created a lane and I was like, I'm just going to put my head down and accelerate down this. And I do that all the time now. Um, But I think that's just the main difference. Like you have to be motivated one way or the other and go full force with it. If not, like, you know, you could just sit and waste four years at college and flounder around and fuck off and drink and not do anything. Or you could flounder and just be playing video games in your basement. And I'm not talking about the fucking guys that, you know, are making millions playing video games. I'm talking about just the guy playing yeah. Grand Theft Auto forever who's not streaming and making money off it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like he's the shithead. You come yeah, back like the, and Thanksgiving you really have to earn is the same. The life guy.
0: That you want. It's like you yeah. can we've seen now, like from the internet, literally anything's possible. I mean, you can make money really doing almost anything these days. Um, but you have to earn it. Like it it you have to put the effort in. Like I think a lot of people have the notion that you know, they're going to hit some stroke of luck and that suddenly it's going to become clear the path they should take. But really it's like, you kind of just have to keep your head down and keep doing stuff yeah, consistently long enough to lean into the things that are working and have a clarity on what's not working and just double down on things that are. And then I feel like it's a, it's a lot more transient. I mean, people talk all the time about, Oh, like you must be lucky, but they don't realize that that luck is really like, opportunity meeting preparation in some fluke of a moment that you then take advantage of because of all the preparation it's hedged upon.
1: I mean, I like I remember thinking before I started my, you know, the the truck business and um appliances was like I was looking, I was like I switched my brain. I was like, I really want to like be in a business that I can scale and grow and hire. And I had this like I I started like telling myself that's what I wanted. And so, like, when the opportunity came and I saw it, I was, like, looking for something that had gaps that I could fill, and it just, it came. But it was, I, I mean, I had, like, ten, little, I mean, a joke on that damn whatever. I it had, like, ten businesses before mm-hmm. that, you know? And, like, I made, I had little pockets of small wins, but, like, it's nothing compared to what I've built now. Um, but, like, I was constantly throwing, and I would pick up little things from each one. Like, I can get better at this or do this or this is the wrong way to do that and whatever. And all that came together. So when it came time to this business to come in front of me, I saw the matrix, you know, I literally saw it all. And I was like, I have all the right tools right now, all the right experience to tackle this. And it's the right time to do it. Mm -hmm. But like, had I never done any of those things, I would have never got to the point of getting that office and that lady walking by and being in the position to take that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I had to do all that to get to the point to be able to do that one thing that it took off.
0: And so, like, I think a lot of people... Is it dead? Okay. Keep going. Um... You're saying the lady, you never, you never would have seen the lady walking by.
1: Yeah. I just like, you know, it's people were like, oh, well, like you got really lucky. And I'm like, dude, I, I, there's so many businesses that I did and things that I tried that like didn't work out. And again, if I didn't do them, I wouldn't have gotten to the point of having that office, that lady walking by and be able to take on this opportunity. They got me to this point. And so it's like, it may, you know, I keep, I always say, I'm like, yeah, that office in theory was like a failure, you know, mm-hmm. like for what I got it for, what I was going to do, what like the objective was like, I, we never really did any of that, you know, but like, it's the ultimate success because like I took that chance and that risk. And I just knew that it was like, this was the direction I wanted to go in that, that part of it, that pocket of my life was not the ultimate like oh i'm gonna run this agency and that was my success but like had i not gone forward with thinking i wanted to do that business and like this is the right step like that again she would have came by i wouldn't have had this opportunity to get to where i'm at right now and so like i think people get scared because they're always like trying to hit the home run like they they want every chance to be the big win that they shy away from it because like oh there's like all these things that could go wrong, and I don't know, like they over, you know, it's like analysis paralysis. I'm like, dude, something you just gotta like. I say, just like go for it. Like, I'm signing this lease. I'm doing this. I don't have this whole fucking building figured out. Yeah. I don't have the whole stone business figured out right now. Like, I'm not like, I'm not gonna like lie and say like, yo, I got figure it figured out. I'm i pretty fucking confident. Like, yeah, and like, do I think I'm heading in the right direction? Yeah. But like, there is a million things that are gonna happen in between now and when this is like really big that are going to define what the success of this is and i'm gonna pivot and turn and meet different people and you know that may put us in a whole different direction and eventually it'll become some success and whatever it's three years from now or five years from now we have this conversation about it's like you know if i didn't get this building and have that You know, it nice enough to get this certain person to come in and meet that would have introduced me to this other guy, who then I went on this random trip in California to to like go in this you know it's like you don't know where it could go to right Mm -hmm. and what is going to be the success, but it's like thinking that this is the right move and believing that is what it takes like doing this and I may lose money on this and it may not work out right, but I'm going to keep trying, keep going, and put my full effort towards it because eventually I'm going to just brush into the right situation where it's like. I'm going to know like, oh, this is the direction we have to go.
0: Yeah. Well, I think also it's like when you've practiced, when you've made it a habit of saying yes and figuring it out and trusting that and then seeing all the different things play out that you've talked about, it's like, I believe the same thing. It's like, it's like, who knows where this is going to end. when we first connected and I was like, Hey, let's just do this. It's like who, who knew that we'd be sitting here doing a podcast and yeah. a, a few months in. Right. But it's like, that's how good things always happen. It's like, They always end up so far off the radar of what you would have. Had I not gotten the office in Carbro,
1: we would have never met. We would have never been here. And let's just say this podcast works out and it's a huge success, right? It's this massive business. I think then you look back
0: and you're like, oh, the office. Like then in like 10 years, it's like, oh, that office was a success. Yeah, that one choice to sign
1: that lease that I couldn't afford that I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Didn't know even how the next week in that space was going to look. look. Look what it created. And somebody's just like, dude, you got to fucking just take that step. I just believed in myself. And when people ask me something like, well, how do you believe in yourself? I'm like, that's when it goes back to like the best investment is the investment in yourself. So like that, that week that I took where I reevaluate all my friends and all the things I want to do. And like, those are all investments in yourself, like whether it's actually a financial investment or it's just like recalculating how your brain works, like these are all investments in like, how to optimize yourself so that you can think in the right way and hang out with the right people and make that right choice that even if you don't know the outcome, it's like, you feel like it's the right choice. Like it's all investing in like you and how you want to operate and how you want to move so that you could ultimately be successful. But like some people just don't want to put in the fucking work. Like I shut off my shit for a couple of years and then came up and everybody's like, Whoa, dude, you hit the lotto. I'm like, no, I was gone for fucking two and a half years basically. It didn't really fucking do much other than fucking work, and I didn't post about it, and I didn't fucking chat about it to everybody. I was just fucking down in the dirty doing it all the time because I was just like, dude, I need to fucking do this. I'm going to accelerate this as much as I can right now because there's an opportunity. Like I said, if I didn't start that business then and was in that spot, like try to do it now, it would not work. Somebody else would have taken that that slot and accelerated it and and taken over, and look, I would have no chance in that
0: business. Yeah, well, I think too is something to be said, you know, this is something else that's been on my mind is that you meet a lot of people um that well let me go back a second. I and maybe there's something that you can relate to. I know I can relate to it from starting a lot of different businesses or ideas and trying to turn them into something. But I think that something that you've done here with the current, you know, enterprise that you've built is that you, you've built something that isn't necessarily solely created to cr- to scratch your need for fulfillment right or your personal like you know need to um like be significant right like you just created something that solved a problem for a lot of people and then through that it's it's a vessel for you fulfilling like creating jobs doing you know doing all the stuff that you talked about earlier yeah but i think something that a lot of you know I will not say amateur entrepreneurs, but people that are new to entrepreneurship or are starting their first business or even started a few, like there's a tendency to create businesses that are scratching our own need for fulfillment. You They're know, I, I meet this a lot with people and I, I hate to say it, like in the gym world, like people that are really, and maybe just going to hang around a lot, been into a lot of different gyms, but I met so many gyms that are open for a year, great concept, but they shut down because the gym is like really just this person's like, way of fulfilling their own needs. So they treat it improperly. They don't treat it as, you know, binary as it needs to be from a business standpoint because they're attached to it emotionally. And I think that that's a, that's a common problem with a lot of um, new entrepreneurs or people that are starting their own businesses that the problem they're solving isn't a problem that actually needs to be solved in the world. It's like a problem that they're trying to solve with themselves. And by creating this business, they find their own need for fulfillment in it that tends to, You'll level off and become much, much harder to scale because it's not attached to a real problem that needs to be solved.
1: Well, yeah. It's like when I did all the agency stuff or whatever, like, I, like, and I pivoted away from making my own brand. Like I wanted my own brand so bad. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to own a clothing brand and I love doing that. Like I like playing with fabric and like figure out new cuts and like, you know, working with manufacturers. I'm like, that business for me is like, that's a, it's a really tough business. And it, for me, like there was no way to really scale it again. It was like selfish. It didn't make a lot of money. And then when I pivoted to like doing it for other people, I was like, I get to do some of the stuff I like, but this business makes a lot more sense now. Like, it's not just about me. Like it's about, it's involving other people now. And then, you know, you start moving away from that and like, This business, again, I just saw like I when I could tell I'm like, okay, there's a problem over there that I think I see a gap in. It was like it it made all the sense in the world. But all the like sexy businesses, most of them, unless you're really fucking good at it, you know, it's like like everybody looks at Gary Vee and his agency. I'm like, dude, there's a billion agencies out there and they all none of them are making money. You know, it's like there's a few people that were really good, really good business. Like he was just really good to accelerate in that space. But, like, there's a lot of agencies that suck. And most of the sexy businesses, like, unfortunately, unless you're, like, you know, the top percentile, it's like, it doesn't it doesn't work. And, like, this business that I'm in now, it's like, it's not sexy. Again, like, appliance, damaged appliances, damaged good, shit that's, like, flooded in a building that has to somehow get moved somewhere and freight and dealing with truck drivers. And you deal with, like, we had a truck driver got stabbed the other day. It's not, like, a sexy business, you yeah. know? And, like, there's other aspects that, I deal with like when we do watches, like I have the the watch business, you know, like the sexy part would be being on the forefront and posting sick ass watches all the time and being on Instagram. Like, that's not where the money's at, because I'm backing a lot of watches and a lot of dealers and big money. And like, I'm a fucking I'm personally a nobody, but in a lot of ways, I'm a somebody in the business because I'm fucking I'm financially backing like a good chunk of a, of a, a watch industry and it's like it's a great business for me but i don't care about being in the front if it was old me clothing brand days i'd be like i want to show all these watches and i want to be the guy that's on instagram creating this brand and, and there's some people out there that are successful that it's good but i'm like there's I, for me this business the non-sexy version is being in the shadows yeah and being the guy that's just like fronting a lot of this and moving and like and it makes great money and i like that business and i'm like again it's just like I don't need to be the guy in the front and everybody wants to be the guy. They want to be the guy in the front. I'm like, dude, there's a lot of ways to make money if you're not the guy in the front and you just have to, again, it's like remove your selfish desire to be known as the dude, you know, and, and be known as like the, the face, you know, and like what cog in this wheel can you be? Cause it's like, dude, sometimes you're, you're, shooting yourself in the foot, just again, because of your selfish want, your need.
0: Well, sometimes being the front facing can be more of a liability than an asset. Like some people are really designed to be in the front and sometimes not the person that owns it or is like the decision maker. I mean, how many times do you see a spokesperson or a brand ambassador or someone representing a company? I mean, there's people that have a personality that are very PR friendly and this, that, the other that make great for that. Um, but I think it's also a liability. Like so many people see a Gary Vee or they see the celebrity CEOs online and they want that because they want to feel popular. They want to feel significant to the world or whatever have you. And they end up shooting themselves in the foot cause they're just not designed for that. Right. Their personality might be too brash. might be. I mean, it's definitely a lesson I learned in certain situations, um, throughout my journey. But I think that people don't understand too, that someone like Gary Vee creating an agency that everyone knows now, it's like, you know. Gary Vaynerchuk is a human being. Gary Vee is like a persona that really like has become very famous over the past few years for, for evangelizing, you know, social media as a way to grow and build businesses. But they also don't necessarily realize that really Gary V is his own case study that his agency really kind of founded and coined, you know, it's like a whole system and framework that they apply. And when brands come to them and ask what they can do, they're like, well, look what we do for us. Like we, they do it all internally, right? Some are, similar to like kind of in some ways what we're starting to do, but you know, also to your point, it's, it's the non-sexy business that has a surplus that allows us to explore things like this. Right. Whereas if we had to try and do this like five years ago, it's 10 years ago, we would have not been sitting in a big warehouse. Not that it's for this, but you know, we would have had to basically pretend like, you know, we would have had to like show the journey as we're building it up versus having anything of value to actually offer at this point you know so
1: yeah i think the the thing too with gary v it's it's interesting it's like like when i talk about me and sam my commercial broker mm. we we talking about having on the show um we're talking about doing the space and we're talking about commercial properties and why i liked this space was like these super tall ceilings and you know these windows and kind of like the brightness in here and the airiness and like most traditional warehouses up until this point like this is a new concept for warehousing and like you may say like a lot of people from a commercial standpoint would be like dude that's too pricey too expensive like nobody to pay for them like the people next door sell rugs like tear up rugs and like that's a non-sexy business next door that doesn't need to be airy and bright and it's not having a bunch of like retail traffic in here but yet they want this kind of space. And some of that's because they want their probably employees in there to feel like I'm coming, I'm not coming in this dark, dingy space, whatever it is. And with the economy and how things are growing, it's like people want, you want a space. We talked about this where people want to come and work. And whether that's a warehouse or really cool office or whatever, it's like there's, there's a variation of that in any kind of scenario. And so like from a warehouse perspective, like that is, that's wanted now and people are looking for that but it's not really built yet and we're talking about doing this development where there's a lot of this going on and you know Sam's like I don't know like like is that something like are we just are we crazy for thinking that people want that or you know do is, are people actually want that and I look at Gary V when he first came out dude everybody thought he was nuts for cussing and being so abrasive like he was kind of the first guy that was really like dude, I'm in all these corporate meetings with Budweiser and whoever else they're doing, Pepsi that they're doing all these marketing for. And he's like, technically speaking, you know, most everybody that's in this is like, you know, we're C-suite, and we're suited and booted, and we, we, we speak, you know, with nice candor, and we don't cuss, and, like, he's out here like, fuck that, fuck this, cussing, very brash, dressed down, wearing Jets uniform, he's like, I'm not wearing a suit, and he was kind of the first guy on social media as, like, a big player that was like, dude, this is not how everybody acts. You know, like you have this forefront of like, oh, it's whatever. And then you get into the actual business of things where you're dealing with these big retailers and these big businesses. And you're like, dude, everybody's cussing and walking in sweat in sweatsuits. And like, this is not nobody, you know, you're a small guy on the outside. So you're like, oh, they must be suit and tie, you know, mm-hmm. because that's how it's kind of portrayed. It's like they the wall. It's like, oh, it's a suit and tie wall get in there in the meat of it it's like dude nobody's like that and he was the first guy to be like dude nobody's like that and i'm sick and tired of everybody acting that it's like that that like the average guy thinks that it's like impossible you know it's kind of this idea of celebrity it's like impossible to be like i can't think like this and i can't talk with these guys because like they're so much more professional and buttoned up than i am it's like dude nobody fucking is none of these guys are and that's why i think with like the the idea of the space like he was the one did it now he's forefront now it's okay to be cussing it made me feel comfortable shooting a podcast because before I was like, "Dude, I'm too abrasive. I'm not corporate, and I don't talk and act like majority of, I think how most people think who are running a large business like act." And now I'm like, I think it's kind of okay to just like be that in yourself. And you see, like the damn, what is it? The CEO of Goldman Sachs is like a DJ. You know, mm-hmm. like before five years ago, ten years ago, whatever it was, like he'd be like, "Dude, I'm not letting people know I go out and like DJ low key." Yeah. You know, it's like I, I, that's unheard of like the my, Goldman Sachs would be like that's a big no-no now it's like dude I can be a DJ and go party in Ibiza and mm-hmm. like you know like that was never the case before yeah. you know so I think it's okay also it's like if you think something's a great idea and you want you like want to be yourself and feel comfortable and like th- make make something that isn't currently done by everyone else possible it's like dude, if you believe enough it's like you can make it you can kind of will it to happen and then it's mm-hmm. like 10 years later I talk with him I'm like nobody w- knows if it's the thing now, but in 30 years, people be like, man, I wish we built this 10, 20, 30 years ago. And I yeah. wish I was being myself 20, 30 years ago. Cause it didn't matter. It's like, dude, I believed enough and I willed it to happen. It's like, again, believing in yourself enough to like make situations go from like a concept to like physically running idea. That's like actualized.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the best things that's come from social media, which is the generation that we pretty much grew up in is that, like, I remember going back to the fitness stuff is that, you know, it was kind of weird. Like I was the only person that took lifting that seriously to the point where I just played video games, lifted ate, and just did that day and never left my room unless I was going to the gym. And to a lot of people that was really weird, even like putting up the camera in the gym, like setting it up in between plates and all kinds of crazy shit. Like it was really weird, you know, back in 2000, 2011 2012 but it was only because I was in communities online where everyone was like not like validating me did I feel comfortable enough to do that because I'd post it online and I'd get you know I'd get um you know validated for those types of videos people saying hey more of this more of this and it made me kind of cast aside what people in real life were doing and so I think that's one of the biggest benefits of social media and same with Gary Vee is like Really, we've learned that like the market decides and sometimes we have a tendency to think the market is like who we're surrounded by or what we're taking in in our immediate surrounding. But it's actually so much bigger than that. It's like even things that we do here in the U.S., it's like I was just looking at a thing the other day that I was talking about how like in India, for example, Just in the past few years, they're actually the biggest consumers of YouTube, which wasn't the case, you know, six, seven years ago. But now, even as a third world country, like they've developed to where most people have a phone and have Internet. So now something that's kind of somewhat antiquated to us, YouTube, common term in the U.S., like in India, places like India, these people, it's like brand new to them. And there's all this content out there. And so now it's like these markets are actually ripe to like go and like maybe put stuff out in you know different languages and you know explore different things and sometimes we just get trapped so much in our own little bubble that we forget like how big the world really is
1: well I think people have a challenge with like um like it's tough when you're kind of like the innovator so to speak you, like you question yourself like am i an innovator or is everybody being like dude that's crazy you know like people try to put you down cuz like if you're hanging out with a bunch of people you're like dude i'm going to go start this business and do this and like be a millionaire and like you might hang out with a bunch of people like dude you're crazy man it's not going to work like, cuz like they can't see it and sometimes it's i there's this uh video i reposted on instagram and it was drake and he was like man like You know, sometimes like this is that moment now, like sometimes you have to believe like, dude, what I am doing, like this is it. This is the thing. And like other people may not see it, but like I see it and you need to believe that this is it. And like you're going to be the one that changes those people's minds. Mm -hmm. Like the office, like I did the office. I was like, am I just crazy thinking that this space is wanted by other people and have like this creative outlet? or like are other people just fucking like dude they're not there yet and then like I did it and like look we met and you're like dude this is something there's other people out there it's like you talk about posting on the on you know the the workout blogs it's like you started shooting that content like yeah I don't know and then there's other people see you do it they're like dude I'm into this too I just like didn't have the balls you know and wasn't hanging around with another person because I live in Cincinnati you know, that, um, that was like gassing me up to make me feel like this is cool. But then now I see you doing like, fuck, fuck those guys. I'm going to go do it. You know, it's like, yeah. it, there's this trickle effect to that. It's like, I'm talking right now with like a big retailer about releasing a collection and you know, they're like, wow, well, I don't know. Like, you know, people are asking for this and that. And I'm like, let's not forget you're the leader in the market. You decide the trend. You guys are the one who dictates what's going to be popular. It's sometimes it's okay to listen to like your consumers feedback because that is can and will be important in a lot of aspects, but sometimes like those people don't know better and you need to be the one to, to make them know better. Like you need to take them up to the next level. You need to be the one to push them out of their comfort zone. And, like, it's like Drake. Like, when Drake came out, people were like, who the fuck is this guy is singing and rapping? You know how many fucking people passed on him? Like, Akon and all these huge entertainers that were like, dude, I don't know, man. That shit, like, did not make sense then. And then he, like, blew up and he was like, dude, I'm... The time is now. I am that guy. And, like, I just need to fucking show these people, like, this is what's next. And they just weren't on it yet. And sometimes, yeah. like, motherfuckers aren't on it yet. And you're the guy to fucking put them on and you have to kind of believe that like sometimes I'm like dude am I like tricking myself into thinking that like what we're doing is right like maybe I'm lying and I'm like other days I'm like dude motherfucker just ain't on this yet and I'm gonna do it and then I do it and they're like dude how'd you know I'm like dude I just kind of like took it upon myself to be like dude I'm the one to make this the thing and yeah. I'm going to do it. And I believe in myself enough in my ability to take action that I'm going to turn it into something. And, like, dude, I'm a willing a lot of shit into action. And then people are like, damn, dude, like, I didn't see it. You just don't see it. Some people can't see it, man.
0: Yeah. And you got to believe
1: that, that, like, maybe you can fucking see it. And they can't. And, like, that's not cocky, man. That's just like, dude, like, it's just the, that's how it is. That's the difference between those who move and shake shit and those who fucking stand still.
0: Yeah. I think the the word that keeps popping out to me beneath what you're saying is like having conviction. I think it's yeah. like the more conviction that you have and the more you define your idea and the more that you own it, the more it, it inherently attracts, you know, the right people to you, right? Um it's like when you're lukewarm about something, you're indecisive, like it it allows like that's like doubt creeping in. It allows like the wrong type of people to kind of come into your space and have influence over how you're thinking. But when you're like really fucking lock solid on an idea and you're, you have conviction behind it, it makes it really clear. Like who's a good fit. Who's not. I was just watching a, I actually binge watch. You should watch it. It's, it's a show called the playlist that was on Netflix is about how Spotify started and about how it almost didn't start. And the way they shot, it was really cool. Cause they shot it from the perspective of like each of the kind of the founding, Parts of the team, but like this guy Daniel Eick, I think was his name, who's still the CEO now. was like he was like, "This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to start something that's ripped away from the labels." He's basically just trying to recreate a better version of the pirate bay. He's like, "Music's not like none of the record labels wanted music to be free. That's how they made all their money." So everyone was extremely against it, and he was just getting shit on like from every angle. But he looked at and he was like, "Look." The fact of the matter is the Marcus decided that music should be free because the Pirate Bay had just, you know, the this is, like, the evolution of, like, the Pirate Bay and U-Torrent and all that. Yeah. He's like, look, Lime it's wire. already free. Yeah, LimeWire. Yeah. Like, it's already free, so we can either fight it or we can just create a music player that's the best in the world. And he had so much conviction behind it that it, like, attracted the right attorney, attracted the right, you know, uh, investor to it, to where, like, it actually manifested. Whereas if he had been, like, fluid on what it needed to be what the player needed to be and he had compromised along the way and probably never we would never have spotify today which has changed changed things for everyone like yeah. even at the beginning it's like all the artists were against it all the labels were like everyone was against it until it existed and it was it was used so much that like there was no denying it and now it's like well if you, th- you yeah know, if you, i
1: mean you think about it was like uh- like, Apple had this, like, grip on everything. It was, like, you had LimeWire, and then it turned in, like, oh, fuck, you got just buy shit on on iTunes, Apple, yeah. I, iTunes, iMusic, or whatever. And it's, yeah. like, so I remember Spotify came out, I was, like, I don't want to go to this. It's, like, sometimes when I see some other people come, like, Jay-Z had one, what is it, Tidal, and a couple other, and, like, I'm, like, yeah, I don't know. But, like, some of these, like, they continue to work because they just find, like, this angle, and they stick with it, and, like, it, it pans out because it's, again, like, the conviction... And, like, the consistency behind it, like, to keep pushing, like, that that angle that they're going towards. And, like, yeah. eventually you just, like, you push through.
0: Yeah, well, the thing with, with, like I was saying, when you attract the right people into that vision, I think it ended up, and I think that's the reason it's called the playlist, is, like, the main engineer, like, you know, coder for the team had the aha moment of, like, we need to create playlists because it was, like, why do people want to use this, right, over anything else? We had, like, you know, they had all these, like, benchmarks of like no latency no this no that but what it came down to is like if you remember 10 years ago it's like you had to have different cds you had to like try and time things correctly you had to like have it in folders and they were like well why don't we just create playlists where users can create their own playlists yeah and that's how they basically ended up having a model that was even viable it's like at first they wanted to keep it free they're like we just obviously can't make it free forever so, that, like, we need to charge, a, have, like, a freemium model where, like, people can be basically pay premium to have their own profile, create their playlists, and, like, build into something, right? Like, they want to be the playlist curator, that person that, you know, gets the ox past them or whatever, right? Yeah. And so, it was, like, this idea that came from someone that kind of had a similar vision but was still on board with, like, the conviction of the general, you know, mission of the company yeah. that was able to innovate this idea that, you know, made it become in theory like what it what it is today yeah so it's just a uh, I think it is that conviction that really drives um real progress and changing people and like when you have that versus kind of being like one foot in one foot out it's like that conviction is really the driving force that gets through a lot of the the doubts that come up along the way and in, in whatever journey you're on yeah
1: I mean, it's like plenty of stuff where I'm sometimes like one foot in, one foot out, but I'm like, just, I'm just like trying things. And I'm like, I kind of like this space. And then there's other parts of that space. You start like, all right, let me one foot in, one foot out. And here like that and And you're like, okay, I like, now I figured out kind of like the direction in the space I want to go. And then you can really put some effort behind it. But I, it's, again, it's like, you have to believe, you know? Um, I think with like stone, wherever this leads, it's like, I just believe in it so much. You know, so it's like, I'm willing to like go through any of the hardships and struggles and dynamics of this business to like be able to look at it and say, all right, this is where we need to pivot. This is where we need to go next. This is how we need to tackle this. We need to scrap this part, move here. I mean, there's, you know, that's just like, that's like when you start really getting in the nitty gritty, but um, yeah, like one foot in, one foot out on some stuff is just like dabbling in. I think then you can like, try some stuff it's like a business like a lot of businesses like half you know it's half-assing like i want to look cool i kind of well i want to make money but i'm like halfway there and then you're like fuck i can't do this you know i can't do this one foot in one foot out on x axe x part of this business because like then it's just like dude you're just throwing money in the wind you know so it's like i gotta put more emphasis on this if i'm gonna try the next thing and now i'm like less one foot in one foot out and you finally get there you're like all right man like i gotta like." I just got to jump it. That's why it's like my biggest thing was like, I kind of got to jump in and figure it out. I got to force myself instead of being like having a back door out. You know, I got to force myself into a corner. Where I'm like, dude, this is it. Like, it's kind of like where I'm at with this business. I'm like, I'm so into it. I'm like, I cannot go back.
0: You yeah. Know? Well, I think it's like it has something to do with goals, right? And like a lot of times people talk about setting goals and like trying to hit those goals and people get really caught up in the idea of, just like tackling goals. But I feel like in my own experience, you know, I'm someone that sets goals, but sometimes I've had to learn not to be so discouraged if I don't hit a goal. It's like, you know, not all goals are necessarily meant to be met. And sometimes I feel like not meeting goals helps to really define like what's important to you. It's like, I've definitely made goals. Like I remember I made a goal even just this past summer where it was like, I'm going to get back into the shape I was when I was like competing or close to it. And then I just realized like throughout doing it, like there's so much resistance, not that I couldn't have gotten to that, but I just felt this natural tendency. as like, it became like a lower priority to me to where I had to accept like, all right, look, this is just not the right time. This is not like this, this goal is not serving like the other stuff that I'm also trying to do. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's like like your priorities may shift. I mean, like I, I try to remind myself that even with like fitness stuff, like, I may have a goal the day before of like, I really want to crush a workout tomorrow. Like today I had that. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what, man? Like today's just not working out. I got a million things going on. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, at least I ate healthy today. Like, I'm like, I had some healthy meals. I got my protein in like, and I'm like that, like to me is like, all right, I hit, I didn't hit the goal, but I'm like, I hit along the path of trying to get there. And I'm happy with that versus, like, if I just scrap the whole thing and
0: fucking, you know, like, eight KFC yeah. and like fucked off. Or if you just, like, yeah, if you let it diminish your, like, self-worth the way yeah. you feel about yourself, you're, like, some people have a tendency, like, they don't hit something, they get really self-deprecating and they yeah. let it uh, trickle into the other things in their yeah. life where it's, like, sometimes you just look at it and be, like, hey, maybe this, clearly if this is something that's not high priority to me and it's not getting done, like, maybe this is not a real, this is not there's a goal a, I I mean, there's some setting.
1: sort of reason, that's why, I like, being able to like pivot in a business is great and people like they're like oh pivots like oh change just like whatever you anticipated it was going to be like it may be way different and you need to be able to be dynamic enough to like work around how that's changed Mm -hmm. you know and like instead of like well this is how i anticipated it and that was the direction i was going and then this came up and it's like because that came up i just quit and it's like, yeah. no, like, you need to be able to be dynamic. So that, that came out. It's like, all right, now you need whatever this problem can like Tackle this and get there. And then, like, eventually, again, it's like, the, what was the end result? The end result to be, is to be successful in this. And, like, the iteration of what the success is and how that may look is very different. Like, for me, it was yeah. business. And, like, my iteration of that is way different. Although, in a lot of ways, getting cars and whatever, you know, being able to travel and some of those things, like I've hit some of those aspects but it's just like the the path to get there was way different than I anticipated. And you should be okay with that. Like you need to be okay with that. If you're not like you're fucked, dude. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me if you're driving down the road and there's fucking a sinkhole came and you're just like, ah, I guess I'm just not going to get to my destination. It's like, no, man, I'm probably going to, like, drive through the ditch or fucking turn around and take a back road to get there. And you got to – that's, like, that's life and business and fitness and that's everything, dude.
0: Yeah, I think people need to acknowledge that there's a lot of doors that can lead to the same room, Yeah, you know. But it's just – like you said, there's different paths to get there. I think something that I also think about a lot, like, even going back to the the fitness goal I had is that sometimes there – you have to consider the consequence of actually being successful. Like, I remember going back to summer, like, I was, like – I had hired a coach, I was eating my meals and I was doing it, but it was coming at the expense of like, you know, getting my music done or like pushing other things that I had already been working towards. And I realized like the consequence of me actually getting back into the shape I was in when I was like early 20s, like competing is going to require probably a lifestyle similar to what I was doing then, which is like being in the gym way longer being way more regimented with my meals consequence of that is going to like the mental fatigue of like being really anal about all of the measurements and weighing food. And like, you know, I remember the reason I slipped out of that and stepped away from it was because it was becoming toxic for me to like be so meticulous about meals. And like, it was creating like eating disorder. So I'm like sitting there thinking about, I'm like, what is the real reason I set this goal? And the real reason was like, Hey, I just want to get more disciplined be more structured and like be healthy. And I realized like, there's other ways to get to that goal. Like I had to compromise my original goal and take it back to a place that was more viable for like my whole lifestyle, you know, which now I I feel like I'm in good shape. I feel like I'm not like too hovering over my meals or being too like, you know, thoughtful about what I'm eating and putting my body to where I'm not enjoying eating or being with people. But, you know, like I think it is, I think there's like the consequence of success is something that gets in the way for a lot of people in terms of just taking as much action as is humanly possible towards, towards, yeah. I think things. it's
1: also like we talk about like, like sustainability, like crash dieting. Like I did that, like, fucked up my metabolism. You know, you'd like, oh, I'm going to cut back my calories crazy and like do this for like three, four weeks and whatever it is. And then it's like, right when you get back into,
0: is it dead? Sure. Um, right when you get back
1: into eating how you were before, it's like you gain it all back. So some of that's like, yeah, what's my goal? And it's like, you also got to kind of be like realistic with yourself. Like, again, like people want stuff done at like the snap of a finger. Like if you're like, I want to get back to the shape I was at. And it's like, you like, you think like, oh, well, like it's so easy for me to fall out of shape because it's easier. I mean, it, it inevitably and it's like, oh, I could just like snap back into it. It's like, no, it's not, that's not sustainable. Like you want long, sustainable happiness and health and all these things. It's like, sometimes it's just like, dude, the process is long. You think it's like business. Like I wanted to be rich ASAP and here we are like 12 years plus later. It's like, yeah, man, like it doesn't work like that. You know, And any of the little things I was like, oh, I'm going to get rich. Like they never worked out. You're just like snapping it. I snap back into going broke. You know, yeah. it's like you know, the, the term thing is like, dude, I just got to like, I got to batten down. I got to spend two years on this. I got to really grind and I got to really build this out. And it's like, when you make that conscious thought of like, all right, I want this to be sustainable and viable for a long time. It's like, you just look at it way differently. And it's like, okay, it's not going to happen fast, but like, there's going to be a, an amazing foundation below this. So then like, you know, now for you, it's like getting in and out of like, eating healthy or whatever it's like it's a lot easier because you have a lot of that like great base layer of like foundational things that you need in order to like you know be able to move in and out of that way easier
0: yeah and there's like that you know subconscious competence or unconscious competence that comes along with having done something for so long and it's it's kind of the same approach I took when I started making music it's like it's so easy to especially if you make decent money like you go to a studio you can you know I know so many people that They record something, they send it off to an engineer, they send it off to someone to get mastered, they work with, like, different producers. They spend a lot of money to just get music out there. And, you know, without any validation, without any, like, proof that it's going to do really well, and they have all this money in it. And so when I started doing it, I was like, I could probably sustain that for, like, a few months and still be no further along, potentially, or I could just start out slower, learn how to mix myself, build my own vocal chain, learn how to, like, you know, master, learn how to produce, learn how to like distribute my own stuff. And now I'm like, I'm so autonomous with it. I took a lot of the same lessons that I did with fitness and just applied it to the music with consistency. And now it's like, I feel so much more equipped to just like be in it for the long haul because I feel completely autonomous with it. Or to the stuff we've said before, it's like if I was going to send stuff out and I did have something that I feel like, hey, this is a hit, it needs to be mastered by someone, like I have enough context where I know what I should be paying for. You know, versus just like taking shots in the dark. So I think it's like, you know, there's a lot of value. Kind of like I said earlier, it's like you'll never forget what it took to get there once you've done it once, you know. So it's like once you've died into really good shape, it's like you kind of know what it's going to take to get into that level of condition again. And so you can kind of be reasonable and be like, how far am I going to push this? Right. Because there's like a threshold that you cross where it's like, same in business, right? Like there's certain seasons in business where you're like, Hey, look, we can kind of evaluate and you know test things out and see how things are going. And then there's certain times and certain moments where it's like, nope, we need all hands on deck. Everyone needs to be going balls to the wall right now. And you know, like, I feel like things are oftentimes cyclical. No matter what you're doing, I
1: think some of that comes back down to the idea of like the analysis paralysis. Like it's like if like sometimes people like start a business, they make money and then they go and start something else, and they their way to solve it they think is like, oh, because I have money now. I can accelerate this, but I think like there's something to, and I, and I still try to implement this now. It's like trying to work like you have no money. Like I, I try to trick my brain all the time that like I'm broke from a mental standpoint, because I'm like, I don't want to act like I can just solve all this by throwing money on it. And you become highly inefficient trying to start a business or grow a business. If you just think like money's going to solve it, like sometimes it takes grit and not money you need to think creatively and like sometimes it's forcing yourself to not be able to pull from the money to solve the problem because it's like man how dumb do you look if it's like oh I threw a hundred grand at this to like solve this issue And it's like man if you really just like sat down and thought about it and like did it in the way that if you, if you were broke and had no money and figured a create a finance way or pulling this person in or whatever and, and getting together it's like what a waste of a hundred grand. And like, or it, it's because it takes that grit and that back against the wall position to actually figure it out where it's like, you just spend a hundred grand. It's like, oh, it didn't work. You know, you see a lot of that. Like there's sometimes there's a shark tank things where I follow after. And it's like, dude, the guy that before he came here was the guy that I, I invested in because he was gritty and had no money and was out there making the sales and making all the hard calls. And you know, was like stuck in a bind that they needed to fill, fulfill an order, and like figured out a way to get money from the bank. And like, the minute we invested in him, he just like went and was like partying. And like, a challenge came up, and thought we just need to hire somebody. And it's like, you know, sometimes you kind of like forget like really what it takes to get stuff done, and it's not money. It's yeah. like it's like the grit and the determination, and like that that back against the wall feeling that you need. So it's like when you talk about you know a guy spending money, it's like a guy might be like, dude, I want to do music and I have money so it's like dude I'm gonna go into the studio and I'm gonna buy the best beat and whatever and it's like dude then it also you need to get it out there and it's like if you had no money in doing that you're like dude I'm gonna figure out how to get the studio equipment and do it in my basement or even with this podcast I was like yeah. talking like we could build out the studio and all this shit and do all this stuff it's like we could spend a bunch of money and it's not even started yet and it's like no let's just like get Some decent equipment and kind of like bootstrap it a little bit and try it out and see if we like it or actually going to spend the time. Do I'm busy as fuck? Like, so getting in here it, is hard, right? yeah.
0: I think it's like it's the, same, the same thing with music, right? It's like how many people are like, you know, yeah, it's former like drug dealers if it catches some traction, money, it's they, like, yeah, it's like you know, I think a lot of times people's when you have when there's money available, it's easy to glaze over the validation part. And you're trying yeah. to like force it on the market, right? Yeah. Where it's like the market will decide what's good or not, and that's yeah. another thing with social Even media. Shit,
1: like, Gary V's always just like, dude, just dish out the content yeah. doesn't have to be perfect you don't need the best camera you don't need a fucking dude following you around it's like just take some videos and put it out there and if you and if you truly feel like it has meaning and stuff like it's going to catch on there's going to be other people that agree with your opinion yeah. and so like sometimes again you're just going to like throw it out there so i Top was like just signing the lease like this is just like just sign the lease just try it out you know like just put it out there with the like not trying to make it all polished yet and then if it's catching some traction so i feel like we're getting some good traction here it's like all right, man, this is worth like investing a little money into like polishing some of these areas that we do it, you know, having a better space to do it in. And like over time it develops and becomes like this full on production, but it's like, dude, it's you kind of like, there's some free ways to just like test the market a little bit. You yeah,
0: know? absolutely. Well, I think like you said, when people chase the money, it, the money becomes becomes the end all be all. So there's yeah. there's nothing behind it. It's like if like someone got an investment on a Shark Tank, and it's like all they were chasing was just that investment. It's like well, great goal achieved. Now there's no like grit, right? And I think like it's important not to lose sight of what it took to get to the place that you're at. Once yeah. you're there, you know. Um,
1: That's why I always set new you know? goals. If the yeah. goal is ten thousand dollars to make ten grand, you know, it's like all right. Once you hit ten, like 10's zero now. We talked about it the other day. It's like people were like. You know, it's like broke. Like there's people broke. It's just broke at different levels. And mm-hmm. you should always have that mindset. If I hit 10, like the next goal is 30. When you hit 30, that's the floor. So when you're back down to 30 grand, like you should act like you are broke. Like you have no money and you should operate and navigate however you're going through your business or whatever you're doing in the same way that if you were at zero, like that's your new zero. Mm-hmm. Like my new zero is way higher than it used to be. But I operate like that because I'm like, I need to have that back against the wall feeling. I need to have that feeling. where was like, I need to fucking think on my toes. I need to think smart. I can't think that money's going to solve this issue. Like how do we think creatively mm. where like I'm making the right decision, not like just the decision that like money can open this door and make it easy. Cause like if, there's gonna be times too where it's like, you could have all the money in the world and like, it's not going to f- solve a fucking thing. Like yeah. you need to be able to think smart creatively and, and, and be able to speak well or do sales properly or make those cold calls and like all those gritty things that like push the needle in other ways. And like, you need to be able to do that. Like, even getting an investment from somebody like some guy might be like, dude, like this guy is only talking about money's going to solve it. You you watch shark tank sometimes like, dude, but like, why haven't you gone out and just door knocked? And he's like, ah, you know, I don't want to do it. It's like, you don't have what it takes. You haven't done everything you could be doing without money to move the needle.
0: Yeah. it's like, well, what's going to happen when you're past the door knocking? Like you're going to have to try and sell, you know? So I think, I think you're right. I think that, you know, Money is, is a accelerant, but it doesn't replace a lot it of the It accelerates,
1: stuff. yeah, if you have the, the right find foundational pieces in play. And if, you don't, if you're not willing to create the foundation, like key things that are required to make it work without money, it's like, bro, money's not going to fucking solve a damn thing for you.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's, it's just as easy to lose as this it is This goes back to, make- to taxes.
1: People go, like, oh, give me the free money. It's like, bro, you, if you don't have the foundation in place and I give you this money, it's not going to fix anything for you you're gonna it's gonna evaporate and you're gonna be right where you're at so unless you're willing to actually build a great foundation and blueprint for yourself and you have some real key values that actually like you can build on then like none of that whatever you're asking for to be given or created for you like it doesn't matter it's it you're gonna go nowhere with it you're still gonna be stagnant because you're not actually fixing the core issues that are actually holding you back you just like are hoping you know you're just like Putting it upon something else, like oh, the money is the reason why. I'm like, no, it's not, man. You're just not actually like digging in yourself and figuring out what your real problems are that are holding you back. On and for me, it was like again, you know, like my the people I was hanging out with, going out and drinking all the time, like doing all these things. When I'm making money from selling clothes, instead of investing in more clothes or better manufacturing or getting my cost down, it was like let's go to the bar. Like that's my yeah. real problem. You know, yeah. go to the bar and drinking a fucking round top my problem. Like. You know yeah. like that's that, and people just are have a hard time having that hard conversation with themselves, like people that are again like uh you have friends that are just like, "Oh yeah, you know like I wish I'd go on this trip, but like it's too expensive, like why is it too expensive? We talked about this trip six months ago. You couldn't save a hundred dollars a month to afford this trip. you know, the problem was is you like going out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of every night. that's yeah. the problem, but you don't want to realize that
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I think it goes back to what we were saying it's just earning it and earning it doesn't just mean like being deserving it it, well it means being deserving it's like you have to be deserving of that money and oftentimes like what you do have available to you is a reflection of the value you're creating and you know the problems that you're solving and generally you're most people are compensated like <laughs> requisite to that. You know I what I mean? Know. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs>
1: know why. I made a weird face and I thought you saw it and then I thought about it. I didn't it see it at all. saw like you laughing at my sentiment here. I'm like, this, <laughs> just, this is
0: significant. I just broke out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, he's going delirious. Like, we've hit the <laughs> hour, hour and a half mark. He's getting delirious. Oh, uh, is it that been that long? It's probably close to it. But yeah, no, sure. I mean, like, I think, I think. It, people need to be <laughs> dessert, you know, like, <laughs> just everything's going downhill from here. I'm sorry. Well, how do you want to cap this off? There was something else I was going to say, and then I I forgot. What it was going to I blew it up, dude.
1: Uh, no. I mean, listen, gotta I earn think, it. You gotta yeah, earn it. I think, yeah, you gotta earn it, and you gotta. Um, I think I think a lot of people's problem is that um, those who succeed realize that like first it's like it's fixing the problems within yourself before you can like go solve other issues like if I'm broken I can't go fix something for somebody else like I have to have the right fundamentals in place so like when I do come against those challenges like I again have the solid ground to stand on to like believe and have the grit and like feel strength you know against the wall and if you don't have that, it's just like, dude, you're going to crumble. You're going to quit. You're going to give up. You're never going to be able to go to solve these challenges. You yeah. know? So again, it's like having that good basis of like knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, like knowing where your weaknesses are and like being able to identify. That. <laughs> Why are you
0: laughing? <laughs> just reminded me of something. Just knowing yourself, you know, the best way to know yourself is a certain book. Oh, really great for, for lo- discovering yourself.
1: Yeah. I think, you where's know, Waldo? Where's Waldo? This is true, you know.
0: Um, That's uh, you know, one of the first things you had me do when I when I joined the company was like I had to read ten editions of Where's Waldo. I think I found about seventy of Wal- seventy Waldos. Honestly, and if I, I knew if, myself,
1: if I really wanted to, like, actually, like you, I'm sure you could wrap a real lesson around Where's Waldo. Like, if you were being serious, but I, Probably. I think a lot of people are, like have come up to me in the last couple of weeks and they're like, "Dude, I really." Like some people would like actually believe I was being serious my and whole I, paycheck
0: on, I, 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 I think that
1: the, what people don't realize is like there's just a lot of fake motherfuckers out there pushing yeah. a lot of fake bullshit don't actually never actually fix themselves never actually ran a business never actually found success in it but they find success in like pushing a course that teaches you about a business that they've never actually ran themselves yeah. and it's like all you're good at is selling snake oil well, you're it's a like, snake even oil the courses, salesman
0: like, i've i've sold courses before i've like helped create courses and the thing with courses is like a lot of those people like those people are really good at preying on other people that are looking for a shortcut and and what tends to happen right is like if you're just dicking around on social media all day watching ads looking at these people you're going to get served more ads from these types of people that are going to attract these like lucrative sounding offers that are really just like you know glossed up shortcuts that really lead you to nowhere and the 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 dirty truth about a lot of course courses and people that sell courses like as their entire career is that they're not really that profitable because those people are dumping a lot of this money back into ads, back into cycle, paying for all the unhappy people that don't see success with the course and the refunds and like their business is all built upon kind of selling people on this idea, knowing that like 2%, maybe 5% of it's like a really good, actual legitimate course seller are going to see success from this course on their own. And like, usually a course is just one part of like, a more expensive thing. So people go into these courses and like by the time the course is over, they're getting sold on the next thing and the next course. Yeah. And like they're never done learning from the guru. It's like a it's like a loophole MLM that's just like way more popular now because of social media. And it's easy to it's easy to pretend. Like it's easy to set up a backdrop, rent a peer space, you know, some subsidized space and make it look like you've got it going on. I mean shit, you could even rent a suit these days and, and dude, you can look there's like, even you know?
1: like those that pure space where it like looks like a jet on the inside yeah or like people renting cars but i that's again it's just like my gripe with those people it's just like when, like it's just so it's I, when i see it and i see people follow them like i i just want to steer people clear because i'm like dude don't waste your fucking time i mean most of the stuff you can google yeah but i just I hate just really, these fakers that there's yeah. people i hate that there's people that believe That those people are legit. I'm like, dude, that dude knows not a damn thing about it. I talked to those people. I've talked to some of them in person, and I'm like, bro, you're so easy to read through. Like, you don't know a damn thing. You just say the buzzwords, and you just like, you know, talk. You just point at the at the big things that like make it kind of like validate your appearance. But I'm like, bro, you're a complete scam artist in a way.
0: It's like if Facebook went away you would never know about these people like they live in like they are slaves to Facebook's smart like oh yeah advertising if, if you're and listen
1: if social media died tomorrow and your business would fail then you're not you're not running a really good business man like you that's that's also a terrible aspect of a lot of people is like they just like rely on one aspect you know well they're teaching
0: people to build a business around creating a course but it's like if you're a legitimate business person you're just basically creating yourself a job if you're creating a whole business around courses because you're never going to be able to step away. If you're the guy and you're the educator, yeah. you can never step away from that. You're, you're, the value of your company is directly tied to your participation. And most people that are building a real company or really trying to build a legacy, they're not trying to build something that they need to be involved in forever right most people yeah. are building something that they can establish and then at some point walk away from it and, and fucking say look what i did right yeah, the solo and,
1: the solopreneur always is gonna have a ceiling like yeah. it's and that's the problem and i talk about that too and like the solopreneur like that's their biggest the first big hurdle is hiring because they look at it as an expense if i hire somebody for a hundred grand oh fuck it's gonna cost me a hundred grand I'm like dude it's not a hundred grand up front it's 10 grand you know or whatever the cost is or how much you're paying out and you could test it out, but you should be hiring a, somebody that's going to bring that money back to you, at least to me, threefold, yeah. you know, and, and then, and then free up your time and allow you to go tackle what you need to go tackle. So like every time I hire someone, I'm like, you're freeing up something that's bogging me down yeah. and it's making me less optimized in the areas that I should be fully, you know, my time should be fully devoted to.
0: Yeah. Well, and here's the bottom line. you tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like in your experience, I can tell you from my experience, most people that are like genuinely successful and have have built a have built something of significance Have built something that's like long lasting and is like really valid they're not looking for a quick buck off someone that they see putting the effort in it's like usually most people that are really successful want to see other people that they see a little bit of themselves in win and they don't they're not trying to like charge them for that necessarily like there's something to be said about consulting or like you know doing something very specific or helping a company get to the next level like that that's one thing, but when it comes to like a lot of the general advice that people are buying, you know, in these courses and these modules and like, it's a lot of stuff that like really successful people, like if you're putting in the work and you put yourself out there and you approach people in an appropriate way, like they're going to be inclined to want to help you. I mean, even I remember being on LinkedIn and just like, doing my diligence looking into people and like asking very specific questions that were based upon my research and based upon things I felt they could help me solve. It's like, they weren't like, Oh, pay me 200 bucks an hour. They were like, yeah, let's hop on a call. Like I've got time this day, you know, like yeah, they just, they're not trying to nickel and dime and make a few bucks cause they've, they've got something like they get fulfillment from helping the next person. If it's genuine, I think sure.
1: that's why I take like a lot of these meetings with people that I'm like, Oh, like I, maybe I wouldn't always have the time for this, but I'm like, I feel like this is, you know, like, again, like, yo, I'm this person's willing to sit down with me. And I'm like, I want to, I want to hear what they have to say. It's like, I get hit up on LinkedIn all the time now. And it's always an offer. Like somebody's always, always an offer. And they're like, I'm this professional from this and that. And again, it's like, I'm like, dude, this is so spammy. Like, if you just reached out to me, like, Hey, I saw you're an X industry. And you know, like I've, um, you know, I, I I've actually been working in this space um You know, just something more genuine and authentic versus like it just, I can tell what, because I've done the copy and paste and put your name in and swap some things out. So it seems authentic, but it's like that's now the new marketing yeah. tactic that, like, I'm like, bro, it's so easy to see through. Like, hit me with something different. It should be different, you know, and it should feel real. And yeah. that's the problem is like everybody wants, like, I, there's something to be said. Like, obviously, now with social media, there's a lot of like automation in business and there's going to be as like technology develops. But there's still a lot of business now where it's like it's still blue-collar, gritty, person-to-person, and you have to to be able to talk to me in person and know the industry and know the dynamics of it because if you don't, I'm going to be like, this person's a bullshitter and they're wasting my time. When I talk to people about Stone, I'm like... In about five minutes, I know that you're either a legit player in stone or you're fucking not. And if you're here bullshit, I'm like, bro, this is a waste of my time. And it's like you either know or you don't. And I can't optimize that with a, a social media strategy, you know, to like make that better. Like yeah. it's like the real players that are really moving the weight. I'm like, dude, no, like either we meet in person and we can hash this out in person or we're never going to talk. I'm, never, I'm not going to get some ad from you. You're yeah. going to pitch me some course. Well, it's like when you you know? You're not going to DM me properly. on LinkedIn. Dude, you're a blue-collar dude that fucking works in a quarry for the most of your job. I'm like, bro, you're not LinkedIn DMing me. I got to go to that quarry in Portugal and talk to you in person. And yeah. we're going to shake hands over this. And, like, there's still a lot of business that's done like that. It's just, again, this is non-sexy industries. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like... When people are really successful, they understand that a lot of that is hedged upon relationships. And it's like when you see someone that's working hard and you can like see that effort put in and they have a track record of it and then they reach out, it's like, you know, you don't want to miss out on the opportunity to to be a part of that person's journey to where, you know. It's like you've said you just never know where people are going to go. So it's like people like yourself, like you've said you've had people that have, you know, for no reason, you know, given you insight or given you time when they had no reason to necessarily believe that other than just what you had done before you and how you presented yourself. And like some of those people I'm sure really happy that they had built that relationship and been someone that, you know, helped evangelize you when you, when you needed the, you know, the shoulder to step on. So I think that that's like really successful people that have your best interest in mind are generally people that are going to want to do that pro bono or do it with the, with the, notion that they're planting a seed for the future, then they, they don't know what it might turn into. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning into the Since I Was Broke podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on all platforms. You can follow. Thanks us for tuning
1: into Going Broke podcast. Uh, yeah. Economy is in a tailspin, so it's going to be fun the next couple of Yeah, months, just spend all your money on months. Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. Bitcoin, yeah. NFTs, they're coming back. Don't save any money. Just spend it all on Listen. NFTs and Bitcoin. You can make it rich and then, you know... Um, Put, go and buy a bunch of lottery tickets and buy, buy a
1: course on investing in bitcoin you're gonna get pitched up on bitcoin strategy after that because it's only going to touch on the idea of bitcoin and then another course and another course and then maybe eventually you'll get into like a group chat where yeah. you'll get some like automated uh, things you should be buying and then you're going to be buying when they're dumping and then you're going to lose all your money and you're going to wonder why only you a few couldn't spots. get rich quick. There's
0: only a few spots because okay. there's limited uh, course inventory. Two there, spots in 30 minutes content. left to
1: sign up. But I yeah. promise you, if you look in a week and a half from there, it's going to be two spots left yeah. in
0: 30 minutes to sign up.